It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 807, 67 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener. I'm here to help you be more successful in your landscape or your garden or with bug control or animal control or anything like that. And also to support the mission of WSB and the Children's Health Care of Atlanta organization here. And to do that, Ashley Frasca and I will be part of the WSB Carathon, which is next Thursday and Friday in which we will raise close to, if not, I'm sure it will be over a million dollars this year. Actually, I'm looking forward to it. And this is something that the station looks so forward to every year. This is the project that we, WSB Radio, we we own this project, and it's something that Scott Slade has been a part of every year and is so proud of. And every host, really, you know, we, we all have our time and our slot and our family that we're assigned to interview, but... It is not a chore. It is just, it's, we get pure joy from doing that and from meeting not only the families, but the staff and some of the nurses at the hospital, too. Isn't Neil coming back and Bort's coming back for it? Yep. He and Belinda will be on both days, Thursday and Friday. And Neil will have an hour with Herman, too, on on Friday. So that'll be good. (laughs) Neil Bort's in the studio once again. That'll be bunches of fun to hear him. So you and I will be together Thursday night from 10p to 11, no, 12 to midnight. Yeah, I think I'm just going to stay awake. We'll leave the hospital at midnight, and then I have to be here at 4.30, but I'll just... Stay up and maybe have a milkshake or Good. something have, and then pee in on have Friday fun with morning. That, Frasca. And you know, we talked to the uh, family, the Ustry family, that we're going to do the big interview with on Thursday. And they were so nice in the story. Jay, Ezekiel, who did the, who was the patient at Children's, he was such a great kid to interview. His sister was great to talk to. His mother was a teacher over in, where are they from, Carrollton? Carrollton. Yeah, yeah, and it hats off to, uh, to Choa and to our staff for coordinating the families that we were able to talk to yeah. because it's very important for them to have us engage the entire family. Right. You know, we're not just interviewing right. Zeke, the 13-year-old who's affected by this disorder. We talk to his sister and want to get to know how it affects her. And, yeah. you know, it's just a whole family unit. And, and I love getting to meet the entire family. And I'm just looking forward to talking to the ushers again. This will be this coming Thursday. Friday will be the WSB Carathon. We'll raise money. You can, by the way, donate if you want to. Get started early at WSBRadio.com. We'll have a phone number when the Carathon starts. But I hope you'll certainly consider supporting Children's Health Care of Atlanta for their worthy mission they do here in Atlanta. Thanks, Ashley. Carl is in Suchis and joins us this morning. Hey, Carl. Good morning. Oh, take number two, take Rob. Oh, let's do Carl to Rob first. Hey, Rob, good morning. Good morning, Walter. What's going on, Rob? Well, I've been listening to your show for years, and I've uh, never questioned any of your advice. <laughs> so I heard you talk about a surfactant. Yeah. Now, 40 years ago, when I first started my farm, I was told when I was doing my 2,4-D, there was no surfactant in it, so I bought a separate product, the surfactant. Yeah. And for years, I've been doing that. Of course, then I found out Roundup does have surfactant in it. Sure. But a good friend of mine farms hundreds of acres. And one day, we were working together on one of the farms, and I saw him pouring Dawn dishwashing liquid into his large sprayer. Yeah. And he informed me, well, surfactant is soap. Mm. And this is what I'm using. 
So I switched over to doing that. And one of the things I found when I do the roundup underneath all my fences, when I put that surfactant in there, you can almost see the grass turning brown as you drive by it. (laughs) And it really is much more effective. My wife doesn't use the surfactant in the roundup in the places she does it. And mine is much more effective. It may be, you may find it effective in your case, Rob, but I can never recommend something that's not labeled to do what it's supposed to do because uh-huh. I'm gotcha. sure Dawn works pretty well as a surfactant, but Dawn also works really well at taking oils off of the leaves of plants, which is why it works so well with Roundup, I guess. But also, if you're to use it as a surfactant for a fungicide or an insecticide on in your corn or any crop you might have, I would really worry that it would do some damage to the to the plant. Now, if you're doing herbicides, okay, it doesn't really matter because you want to kill the plant anyway. Right, right. So, Dawn is it labeled for use as a surfactant. Surfactants themselves are manufactured and made to a certain standard that they don't hurt plants that have been tested and all that kind of stuff. And so right. I'm never going to say use Dawn, but if you found success, you can't argue with success. I'm not going to argue with you there. Right. Uh, the other thing is, you can buy surfactants at just about any farm supply. Yeah, not maybe from tractor and farm supply and people like that, but not from Pike usually. Right, 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 right. right. Got a question for you. Sir. I've uh, been chasing an armadillo on my farm, and my, <laughs> my dog loves chasing it. We did manage to uh, herd one into a trap one time because yeah. the sticky buns didn't uh, attract it at all. <laughs> right. I've got another armadillo. Is there any way to put something down that uh, they don't like the smell of that might repel them or any way you can think of to get rid of those things? As as you found with the sticky buns, it's not only nothing that repels them, there's nothing that attracts them either. (laughs) They're not smart enough to be attracted or repelled by smells much of anything. The only thing that people have told me seems to attract them more than anything else is a wooden trap made out of wood that they have urinated in. The, the armadillo urine somehow attracts the all armadillos to come to that box if you have a, like a rabbit trap, and they'll mm-hmm. come to that. But a metal live trap like most people use, they say the armadillos just have to herd them in or you know, sort of shoo them in, let the dog yeah. chase them in. <laughs> you chase okay, them in where, or something like that. Where do you buy uh, armadillo urine to put in the trap? Uh, my friend, you have to find an armadillo first. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got a free one here. Then you get them to drink a lot of beer, and then you have all the armadillo urine you want. That's how it works. Um, you catch one first. Make it, You know what a rabbit trap is, Rob? Yeah. Rabbit yeah. box. I mean, make a big rabbit box and find a place where you think an armadillo is going to be walking and make a little drift fence, which is nothing more than logs and cinder blocks and things like that. They just walk along as they try to get from one spot in the yard to the other. And as long as that little drift fence drifts them into the rabbit box and they catch themselves in the wooden rabbit box, I'm imagining they'll probably, the first thing they'll do when they're inside that box is urinate. That's what they would do. And once you've got that done, then they say, people tell me that attracts armadillos somewhat, but not 100%, not like any other babies you might expect, like peanut butter and mice and rats. Right, right. Now, I know they have terrible vision because I've had him walk. He walks almost to within two feet of me at night before he sees me and turns around. Okay, I I know a spot where he's walking all the time, so I'm 
I'll try that. Build a rabbit box and let me know about how it works, Rob. I'd love to hear if you do get some success using a wooden box that they've uh, urinated in. I'd love to hear your story about that. Uh, maybe I'm going to start uh, bottling that stuff and selling it. More power to you, Rob. That's exactly <laughs> exactly the career I'd want to have. It sure is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, thanks. thanks a lot. All right, Rob. See you soon. Mm, I hope I don't smell you soon, but we'll see you soon. <laughs> if, I if I smell you before I see you, then I will I'll avoid that part of the, the neighborhood. All right, let's go to Carl and Suchis and talk about his asparagus. Hey, Carl, good hey. morning. Hey, good morning, Walton. How are you? I'm doing fine. Um, What's up? I've had an asparagus patch up here for about eight years and have harvested more than we could eat most years. This year, I had very little um, vegetable that I could harvest, and I have very few ferns, uh, so I know my roots are not wow. uh, producing. So yeah. is there is there a lifetime for asparagus roots, or should I? And I, I've done the same thing. I put mulch on them. I put a, a alpaca manure. Uh, the soil is bottom land, so it's wonderful. I uh, just wondered what might have happened, and hmm. something could have eaten the roots. I don't know, but my crop this year was very poor. I guess like can a patch of asparagus can decline over the years if the soil somehow gets compacted or gets soggy or becomes you know un, unattractive for an asparagus to grow in. They might decline for that reason. If they're in the shade, of course, they would decline for that. Let me think of anything else that would make an asparagus plant peter out. That's about it, I think. Shade and bad soils. The only thing I can think of that make them decline. Yeah, full sun. That was my thought because nothing has changed. And uh, usually I have so much I can't even give it away. But this year I probably didn't pick two handfuls. How did you fertilize? What's your fertilization schedule? Well, uh, the last three years I've used uh, alpaca manure because I have a source for it. Yeah. And it's, you know, slow release. So. And I usually will put some ten, ten, ten when the fern starts just to get a healthy growth of them. Yeah, I did. I don't. Nothing smells to me here. Nothing sounds like it's a smoking gun for why the asparagus would decline. You know, Carl, what I might do is just to check on things. Is dig up a crown or two and just see what the roots look like. If they're real thin and stringy and just don't look healthy and big and thick and fleshy like they should, I would dig them all up and replant maybe this fall. Okay. Maybe get some more uh, asparagus crowns and make a little bit bigger bed or take the weakest ones out and replace them with some fresh crowns there. Okay. Uh, And and one thing, I I I think I talked to you a couple years ago when I planted an Arctic kiwi plant up here in Suches. Uh Uh-huh. Sure. I had my first kiwis this year, I'll call it. Awesome. Good deal, Carl. And so people said you can't grow them. Well, I have done it. (laughs) There are people here still in Atlanta who believe you can't do it, but I have a neighbor, Candy, has kiwis like crazy. She has big boxes of kiwis. She can't give them away either because uh, she has so many, some years on her kiwi vine. Well, you maybe uh, uh, the possums had not found them yet, so that's a good thing. <laughs> too hairy. I think the possums don't eat them because they're too hairy, I guess. Well, yeah, these are, all have, these are not hairy. These are smooth skin. Oh, yeah, that's uh, right. The winter with the yeah, smooth ones. Yeah. Sure. Well, well thank you for your advice, and I love listening to your show. Thank you, Carl. It's good to hear from you. Take care. Thanks for calling. It's 818 at News Talk WSB. We'll be back after this. Get breaking news, weather, and traffic updates all weekend on WSB and the WSB radio app. Then Monday at Atlanta's Morning News, Kirk Mellis updates a stormy start to the week with this five-day forecast. Uh, I have a picture 
Well, we have a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Severe thunderstorm watch until 10 p.m. 10 a.m. Excuse me for much of Metro Atlanta. Watch out for severe storms and watch out for flooding today. High today of 89, low of 71. Tomorrow, mix of sun and clouds. High of 88, low of 69. Your full weekend forecast, of course, comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. At 8:25, we've got Victoria who joins us. Hey, Victoria. Good morning. Hi, hi, Walter. How are you? Hi, Victoria. I'm great. How can I do for you? Well, I have a dogwood tree that seems to have blight on it. Hmm. Um, the, the, we've had it for about 20 years. The leaves seem to have are folding in. We've cut off the dead wood. Um, the bark seems the trunk rather seems to be slightly eroded, um, and we're just wondering if we can save this. You say it's 20 years old, Victoria? Yes. How was the blooming? How's the leaf? How do the leaves look right now? There's, there's still, it's not as full as it used to be. But the leaves, are, the ones that are there, are still green. Yeah. They're sort of, um, they started to fold in on themselves, but they seem to be somewhat, a little bit healthier. They look healthier and green. They're, they're hanging on the healthy, the healthy um, um, part of the tree. You know, when I go to the old folks' home for garden radio host, I'm hopeful somebody there will help me to get up out of bed in the morning, will feed me my gruel every afternoon for lunch, and you know, maybe show me where the bathroom is, things like that. And I think that your dogwood is sort of at the nursing home right now, and you, Victoria, have to give it what it needs just to keep it through the next four or five years, because 20 years is a pretty good lifespan for a dogwood. Yeah. So what I would do, frankly, is I would mulch underneath it, make sure the soil does not get too hot in the summertime, because dogwoods do not like that. Maybe a little slow-release fertilizer, some holytone or milorganite or something like that. Make sure it doesn't dry out during the summer. Of course, when it's dry, be sure to water it. I think that's about all you can do. I don't think there's a disease involved here. I think it's just inevitable decline on the dogwood, and you do the best you can just to just to keep it healthy for the next four or five years. And maybe then you can think of another color or flower or something that you want, and you'll have a pretty dogwood to replace it with. That's what I would do. It's in decline, but enjoy it as long as you can, Victoria. It's 828. We'll be back to more Lawn and Garden after news. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 8.36 on a Saturday morning, 67 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden, the last 30 minutes of Lawn and Garden. If you have a question, 404-872-0750. We go to the phones. Mickey Gasway hadn't called in yet, so we'll go to the phones right now. Louise is in Brazelton, Georgia, and joins us. Hey, Louise, good morning. Good morning, Walter. Oh, how can I help, Louise? Well, uh, eight or uh, two years ago, we planted eight blueberry bushes on the west side of our house. Yeah. We finally finished picking a bumper crop of blueberries. Very nice. Now, my question is, when and how should we prune the bushes? Why do you want to prune them? Well, uh, we don't want them to get too close to the foundation of the house. Oh. Um, after about, harvest. We them about four foot out from the foundation. Generally, I would say any time after harvest up to March of next year is a good time to prune. You have a wide swath of time that you can prune oh. the blueberries, Louise. 
Well, they put out new shoots right now. Should we trim those off to keep it from getting so tall, or should we leave the new shoots and and trim off the? Yeah, generally old speaking, stuff? it's better to trim off the old stuff. Which for old people like myself, to think about the old, non-productive parts of the blueberry that needs to be removed, it's sort of disquieting for my own you know, mental health. But nonetheless, that's what you have to do is if you have older shoots on there, Louise, that are sort of old and gray and barky and tall and don't have many blueberries on them, they're the ones that get cut out. About three feet tall is about what I would do and then keep it in bounds away from the house, of course. But pruning is not, because you're not doing a severe pruning, rarely can you hurt a blueberry bush by pruning anytime again between harvest and next uh, February, March. Well, okay. Now I... One little tip uh, for other people, I, we fertilize them with malorganite. Yeah, sure. And uh, we put mulch down, and we, and that seems to keep the deer away. That, the malorganite is many, many times, gardeners have told me that it repels deer, repels rabbits, and just seems to be a double-purpose thing. It repels animals, and it fertilizes your plants. That's not a bad idea. Thanks so much for calling, Louise. Let's go to Mickey Gazaway. Hey, Mickey, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Mickey, I want to tell you that I'm looking at a woman with stars in her eyes because this morning when Ashley was preparing our tweet and saw the purse lane pictures, she said, if Mickey's going to put that on sale today, I want some now. They are so pretty. They've been gorgeous in my yard this year. I mean, I've I've done so many succulents, and I've mixed those in with them for color, and I've done them in the ground. I've done them in pots. And, uh, you know, we think about them as being plants for when we have a dry summer. They have done spectacular for me. As long as they, your soil drains good, they just do great. Now again, this is purslane, P-U-R-S-L-A-N-E, which I assume is going to be the 20% off plant of the weekend. Yes, it is. We kind of got backwards today. I know. I announced it before we told you this is on sale. But pers- I called it and found out what it was. Yeah. It's yeah. a terrific plant. It has lots it of pretty, pretty colors on it. And like you said, in some seasons, it just goes everywhere, blooms like crazy, and nothing, nothing, uh, nothing approaches it and how pretty it is. It certainly does. It's a beautiful, beautiful ant, so I hope everybody will come out and try some. The, the thing we've, that got I, in, we've got it in hanging baskets. Oh, yeah. That, if you've got a place where you've got plenty of sun and it's hard to water, that is great. I can go for two weeks without watering man. Then that's the reason the purslane is so <laughs> sort of adaptable, because it is so drought-tolerant, A. Right. But give it just a little bit of water in a nice environment, and like you described already, it just grows and blooms everywhere. Yeah. Do you fertilize yeah. much? Do you do anything to Not fertilize? Much. It doesn't Not seem much. to need really it. Don't. Yeah, really. I, I do it when I plant it, but um, no, not a whole lot. Yeah. I usually put it in with my succulents, and so when I, I fertilize them, then it gets fertilized, but not not too much. I think a lot of people might notice if they buy purslane, they say, well, this looks sort of like the weed purslane I see in, <laughs> in the garden and in the cornfields and places like that. And there are weedy forms of purslane. Yeah, There's no there doubt about that. But we're talking about the ornamental purslane, the one that really does look nice and does not reseed or do anything invasive or anything like that. It's just a great plant, very colorful or pretty plant. On sale, 20% off all Pike Nursery locations throughout the weekend. So That's right. And Ashley Frasca loves it, so it's got it's a good. lot of recommendation there. So what about classes? Any classes coming up, Mickey? None this week. None this week. We've got an orchid class coming up. That's the next so, class we've got coming and up. In and August, in August. Uh, like the first week of August, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, we've got we've got a couple classes coming. We've got a lot of. They gave me my list of classes this week. We've got a bunch of them coming up. You don't have to go to North Carolina to the 
Like no, I, I don't do, do those. I've been to one or two when they first opened, but no, that's that's kind of far. <laughs> yeah, it is a little little drive for your husband to drive you up there to yeah, North Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. But I, the one thing that I saw in the list of classes coming up was gardening for beginners, and I think that would be a bunch of fun to come to if you're I, a beginning is, gardener. We used, I used to do one like that, and we, and we called it Gardening 101. Uh-huh. And I have that's been 25 years ago, and I've still got customers coming in that started with that class. Wow. And it, it's fun. It, it just is a fun class. And usually the classes have a, have a drawing or something, win an orchid oh, yeah. or win a prize or something like that for the class. Mm-hmm. That's a bunch of fun. And there's no, no need to register for it because the classes are free. So that's, that's a good right. thing, too. That's exactly right. It, some of the classes you do have to register for, but most of these, it'll say whether you have to or not. Yeah. But most of them you don't. Yeah. And the, <clears throat> the beginner class, let me mention this. Uh, a lot of times people from other areas, even though they're seasoned gardeners, they haven't they haven't gardened here yet. Yeah. And sometimes it's just we call it transplanted gardeners. <laughs> right. And sometimes sometimes that helps a little bit too, so you can see when we do things and and soil preferences and stuff sure, like that. Sure, sure, sure. So let's summarize. This this weekend, Purslane, all the wonderful blooming varieties of Purslane will be on sale at Pike for twenty percent off. Go to the cashier and say this is Mickey's twenty percent off plant of the weekend, buy a nice cart full of them. Put them in your garden because they really will last from now until frost, and it'll give you a lot of pleasure in your garden, a lot of color in your garden. Purslane's a great plant. We have classes coming up. You can see about that as well. If you go, let me see, Mickey, what question was I supposed to ask you at the end? Oh, yeah. And so, Mickey, where would you go to find all the pike locations where the Purslane is on 20% off and where we'll have the classes in August? Where would we go? At pikenursery.com. I bet we would. Thank you, Mickey. So. We'll see, see you next soon, Saturday Scott. morning. See you then. 404-872-0750 is the number for probably the Home Fixing Show since we have a bunch of calls waiting on us right now. So let's go to Lewis in Marietta and talk to him about his cherry tree. Hey, Lewis. Good morning. Morning, Walter. Hi. Uh, I have an Okami cherry tree that I put in two years ago. Uh, it's probably now, uh, it's not 10 feet tall, maybe. Anyway, this morning, actually, I saw a... Uh, Looks like a cobweb on it, but it's three-dimensional, oh, yeah. about the size of a basketball. And, and in the space where the cobweb is, so-called, uh, the leaves are dying. Yeah, some of them are not dying. They get eaten by the caterpillars. They are getting eaten, okay. There, yeah. uh, it's uh, called fall webworm, Lewis. It's a caterpillar. Fall webworm. Fall webworm. And you see them, I see them <laughs> most often in pecan trees, but they're in just about any landscape tree you can mention. And they start... Sometimes as early as June, and now we're almost into August, but the fall webworm cobwebs will get bigger and bigger until the whole population sort of decides all at one time to pupate, and they'll fall out of the web down to the ground. They pupate in the ground during the fall and winter. Next year, they come out of the pupa. The little moth, I think it is, comes up and lays eggs on the limbs of your cherry tree, and away we go once again. So anything you can do to, to interrupt the life cycle is a good thing. And the easiest thing to do, honestly, Lewis, is just take a stick and pull that webbing out of the tree. You can, you can reach it, can't you? Sure, yeah. yeah. I, I took it out with a rake today. Good. You did exactly what I would tell you to do. You didn't need me to tell you to do that, but that's all, right. that's all you so have no to do. No spray or anything like that? Nah. nah, don't do that. Just interrupt the life cycle at the predatory insects like hornets and wasps. They'll come and eat them, and so you've done all you need to do. Okay. All right. That's simple enough. All right. Uh, by the way, a quick question. Yeah. Uh, am I too late to prune azaleas? I went and looked at mine yesterday, and some of them had buds, and some did not. Look at the ends of the branches, Lewis, 
And if you see the little bitty, and they're tiny at this point, the little bitty buds that are the flower buds for next year, then it's too late. It's July. You probably have enough time for there to be new buds to be growing on the azalea branch tips, but uh, I would be light on my pruning if I would waited this long. Lightly pruning might be okay, but not real heavy pruning. Okay, okay. All right, thank you, partner. You bet, Lewis. Thanks for calling. We got Barry in Milton, Georgia. His pumpkins aren't performing like he wants. What's going on, Barry? Uh, is that Kerry? Uh, Barry. Is it Barry or Kerry in Milton? Kerry. Kerry. Hey, Kerry. Good morning. Hey. Hey, good morning, Walter. So I've got some uh, giant pumpkin plants that we're growing this year. Yeah. And the the stems for the leaves have got some bubbling on a couple of them, which are kind of odd. But my big uh, problem is the the stem of the leaves from one inch to three inches up kink over almost like a kink in a garden hose. Yeah. And the big leaves lay on the, the ground. And they just and wilt just or just... No, they the, the leaves stay as long as they can, but then the, the stem is kind of kinked off, so I know it's not getting huh. its nutrients but i've had seven or eight of these big leaves that are doing that is there any like, hole yeah. in the in the stem where the leaf kinks as you say is there any hole no. that you can see there because mm-hmm. this is about the time when the cucumber worms i have a cucumber plant i'm looking at that has little green bubbles the little green granules i guess of frass of the caterpillar poop that comes out of the stem and it like I say, it sort of kinks over right there. The, ca- the case of this cucumber is sort of hanging down, but all the leaves past the point where I see the hole and the green frass coming out, um, all the leaves past yeah, that I, point wilt. So, I haven't had any frass. Um, I had um, vine borers last year. Yeah, so I'm, you know what I'm talking you know, about. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, everything looks perfectly green, lush, but they just they fold over. Kink. Do me yeah. a favor, Barry. Um, go outside after we hang up this morning. Go outside and take a razor blade and do a little excavation on that stem and see if there's anything inside that we haven't you haven't noticed before. I'm real curious that there's not something chewing on the inside of the stem that's causing it to break and kink at that point. So I want you to go look for it and then call me back next Saturday and tell me what you found. Okay, because I've, I've got three plants in... Two of them are a, a mile and a half away, and right. all the plants are doing the same thing. Oh, that's weird. Weird, weird, weird. Do some investigation, Sherlock, and call me back. I'd like to know what what you see. You'll find that. I was looking for your Sherlock. <laughs> right. This morning, Carrie, you just back on you. The, the house uh, okay, the I'll let you know. Magnifying glass come to you. I'll talk to you Saturday, Carrie. All right, thanks. All right, man, see you then. It's 848 News Talk WSB. We'll be back after this. Get breaking news, weather, and traffic updates all weekend on WSB and the WSB Radio app. Then Monday at Atlanta's Morning News, Kirk Mellis updates a stormy start to the week with his five-day forecast. She's simply awesome. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Severe thunderstorm watch till 10 o'clock for much of Metro Atlanta, but it's been called off right now. We'll keep you updated on that with Chris Camp in just a minute. High today at 89 degrees, low of 71. Tomorrow, a mix of sun and clouds, high of 88, low of 69. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Ashley Frask is a normal, usual, beautiful self this morning, but even more beautiful because she's going. Where are you going after this, Ashley? Just put my makeup on to go to <laughs> the American Signature Furniture up in Kennesaw yeah. for WSB-TV's Stuff the Bus. And what exactly is Stuff the Bus? 
Every year before school starts, they go to five, six, seven different locations and hope that folks will donate school supplies and it'll benefit uh, Children's Restoration Network. They provide these school supplies to either homeless children or children in group homes. I got it. So you'll be there where again? American Signature Furniture in Kennesaw. I think Fred Blankenship's in Canton, Karen Minton's out in Gwinnett. So to see the full list of the locations and the school supplies that are needed, you can go to wsbtv.com slash stuff the bus. Stuff the bus. And because you're a TV star, because of all your traffic work that you do, you get to go stuff the bus with the the TV people and you do the carathon with me. For the radio folks, we'll be doing that next uh, Thursday and Friday. You and I are going to be together. Thursday night, 10 p.m. to midnight. It's going to be a late day for me and a really early day for you (laughs) to come do that. (laughs) But uh, from what we already know of the Ushery family, love them. Mom, Kim, uh, Zeke, who has the uh, aplastic anemia, and sister Kendall, father Brian, great people. Right. We look forward to meeting them and talking to them about their story at the Children's Children's Healthcare of Atlanta. Of course, the newsletter, I want to talk about that because next week the WSB what we call the Georgia Gardner Newsletter. I'll publish the next issue of that next Thursday. And that is going to have the announcement of our spring garden trip. It's going to be something exotic, wild, and crazy. If you want to know where we're going on our trip next week, Thursday, get the email. We'll let you subscribe to that on my website at WSV or excuse me, at WalterReeves.com. It's 858 at News Talk WSV. We'll be back tomorrow, Lawn and Garden, next Saturday morning. Until then, thank you, Ashley. Thank you, Paul. We'll see you then.